Hi, it's time for another scripture readings and sermon from the red-headed preacher and the lector for the day. Welcome to the World Communion Sunday edition, October 2nd, 2022, of the red-headed preacher from Skokie, Illinois. I am the red-headed preacher. My name is Richard Lanford. I'm the pastor here, and I've been the pastor here for a few decades, and it's been my honor and is my honor to serve here. Today's message, as you've read the title, is based on both the Habakkuk passage and the Gospel passage, part of it. And the sermon was inspired, I was struggling with where to go, and I was talking with the fellow who had come to help clean up after our rummage sale, and sharing with him uh, you know, this little bit of the struggle. Here's this passage about you know, how long, the oh Lord, I'm seeing all this horrible stuff going on. And then the disciples asking Jesus, increase our faith. And then while talking with him, it occurred to me that, well, there you go. Look at all this injustice. We need to increase our faith. So, okay, bingo, connect the two. A situation and a, that, are, that brings up this question. And that's what the sermon is about, ways to increase our faith in uh, really challenging and violent times. So the, I advise you ahead of time that I just practiced this homily, and it's, uh, it doesn't flow as easily. It jumps around just a little bit, not jumps around, but it's, some of the transitions are not as smooth. So I ask you to hang in there because you will get the, the, the gist and the messages that I lift up. I'm confident of that. So, our lector today is Barb Todd. The passages are from Habakkuk, first four verses of chapter one, chapter two, the first four verses, and Luke 17, five through 10 is our gospel. Here we go. Our first scripture is from the prophet Habakkuk. He sees the evil and violence around him and asks God about it and then gets a response. It is the first four verses of chapter one and then the first four verses of chapter two. <clears throat> the oracle that the prophet Habakkuk saw. O oh Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you will not listen or cry to you violence and you will not say, why do you make me see wrongdoing and look trouble? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. So the law becomes flat and justice never prevails. The wicked surround the righteous. Therefore, judgment comes forth perverted. And... I will stand at my watch post and station myself at the rampart. I will keep watch to see what he will say to me and what he will answer concerning my complaint. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision. Make it plain on tablets so that a runner may read it. For there is still a vision for the appointed time. It speaks of the end and does not lie. If it seems to tarry, wait for it. 
It will surely come. It will not delay. Look at the proud. Their spirit is not right in them, but the righteous live by their faith. This ends the reading from the prophet. Our second reading is also our gospel lesson. It comes from Luke chapter 17, verses 3 through 10. The apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. And the Lord replied, If you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to the mulberry tree, Be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Who among you would say to your slave, who has just come in from plowing or tending sheep in the field, Come here at once and take your place at the table. Would you rather not say to him, Prepare supper for me, put on your apron, and serve me while I eat and drink. Later, you may eat and drink. Do you thank the slave for doing what was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were ordered to do, say, We are worthless slaves. We have done only what we ought to have done. Here ends the reading from the Gospel and the Scriptures for this morning's World Communion Sunday service. In December 4th, on December 4th, 1977, I got to go to the Vikings 49ers game at Metropolitan Stadium. I had an extra ticket, my mom wasn't going to go, and my former high school crush and neighbor, Jan Amels, agreed to go with me. The only thing was, both of us worked later that afternoon. In the third quarter, the 49ers led 24 to nothing as the Vikings offense under Bobby Lee was ineffective. I still remember the crowd chanting like in the movie Rollerball for the backup rookie quarterback, Tommy Kramer. Kramer, Kramer. The stadium shook. Kramer came in and a comeback began. In the fourth quarter, it was 27-21, 49ers. But Jan and I had to leave and listened to the rest of the game on her car radio as we left. We heard the winning touchdown on the radio and the crowd roar as we pulled into traffic. We won, Rich, I remember her saying. One of the few people I would let call me Rich. We left before the miracle. Darn work schedule. It was a game for the ages. Oh, Lord, how long increase our faith? One suggestion for you and me to increase our faith when it's easy to question God is do not leave. Do not leave before the miracle. God does not quit, even if God seems to have left the building. Have you ever left before a kind of miracle? You still remember if you did. When we stay, attend and perceive the work of God, perhaps in a miraculous way over time or quickly, our faith is reaffirmed. 
if we leave early, if we kind of let our faith go, don't pay attention anymore, not so likely. Do not leave too soon. Do not leave at all. For God does not leave. Our lives, though, are about so much more than a sporting event, of course. For, more, for many of us, the problems which might challenge our faith are deep and broad. I know many Christians relate to the sick boy's father who told Jesus, I believe, help thou my unbelief. We heard the apostles explain, exclaim to Jesus, increase our faith. To have this prayer is not a failure of faith. It comes from a deep need to live a life that is pleasing to God. Yet when we hear Habakkuk, we can relate to him and his words too. O Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you will not listen? Or cry to you, violence, and you will not save? Why do you make me see wrongdoing and look at trouble? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. So the law becomes slack. And justice never prevails. These verses are timeless and appropriate for today, don't you think? With the mass shootings, wealth inequality growing exponentially since 1989, the rise of authoritarianism, white supremacist movements, and the lack of accountability up and down the spectrums, we're stressed. Putin escalates the stakes in his war on Ukraine. People stop riding the ill because of rising crime on the CTA. Whenever there is a mass shooting, gun sales go up, including semi-automatics. High inflation and rising interest rates cut deep. Even Christian churches take shots at other Christians and churches who do not believe like they do. Oh, Lord, how long? Why do you make me see wrongdoing and look at trouble? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise, so the law becomes slack, and justice never prevails. Habakkuk protests that God neither hears nor acts. Even later in chapter 2, it says, we'll see if God will answer to my complaint. Habakkuk protests that God neither hears nor acts. Commentator David Baker wrote, as Israel cannot with impunity break her covenant, well, neither may Yahweh allow his covenant to be broken without reacting. Because God seems to be acting against his just and righteous character by not taking action. He is brought to task by the prophet. Hey, God, we break covenant and we get judged. There may be discipline. Now there's all this sinning. And where is your judgment, your justice? Where are you? Oh, Lord, how long shall we cry for help and you will not listen? And then in Luke, the disciples ask Jesus, increase our faith. For faith is among the spiritual resources we need to survive, even thrive, during dark, uncertain, violent, angry, and fearful times. Don't leave before the miracle happens, whatever form it takes. Leaving will not increase but decrease our faith. 
hang in. God may seem absent, but as God told the prophet, there is still a vision for the appointed time. It speaks of the end and does not lie. If it seems to tarry, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. And look at the proud. Their spirit is not right in them, but the righteous live by their faith. Faith for waiting in trying times. How else to increase it? It's interesting that Jesus did not answer their plea by zapping them with an extra dose of faith. And I'll touch on that, in a way, at my close. One thing I learned long ago, and have shared at least once from the pulpit, is that we can strengthen our faith by intentionally surrounding ourselves and exposing ourselves to things and persons who and which support our faith. Like the music we listen to. Does it include music which lifts up faith and Jesus and grace? The contemporary Christian music of my generation and beyond that, as well as hymns, have surely taught and helped confirm my personal faith. But it's not all the music I listen to, but it's part of it. It is an important part of what I listen to. What do we read? What movies do we watch? Are there faith-based video games and podcasts of which to avail ourselves? If you or I do not expose ourselves to things and people which affirm or teach or uplift our faith, we should not be surprised if we find faith weakening when we, like Habakkuk, look at the seeming absence of God in the public and private square. Oh Lord, how long? Increase our faith. One way is to expose ourselves more to things which support our faith. And then there is reflection on the past, even as we stare into the disturbing present. What I mean is, for example, my faith has increased by remembering how God has acted and blessed and delivered me in the past, especially when it was undeserved. I can see in hindsight how something painful and distressing ended up serving a higher purpose in God's providence. And I bet you have too. You don't see it at the time necessarily. But later, ah, that's what was going on. And maybe God is doing that again. It is for us to wait faithfully. If it seems slow, wait for it. Now beyond our stories, You and I can look at how God has acted through miracles and humans in history to make the world more just than it was, more educated, more merciful, less brutal, and more forgiving than it was, say, like it was during the Roman Empire when Christianity got started. Christianity and the martyrs who paid the ultimate price to bear witness to how real Jesus was to them made an indescribable difference in the growth of faith and the accompanying humanization of the world, and that was only a start. When the apostles asked Jesus to increase their faith, he said, if you had the faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. 
Well, that sounds pretty intimidating, because, well, what? I guess we don't have the faith of the size of a mustard seed. I learned that this, if you had, clause is the kind of if clause which, quote, expresses a condition according to fact. If Jesus is our Lord, if God is for us, Romans 8, Jesus' response then is not a reprimand for an absence or a weak faith, but an affirmation of the faith they have and an invitation to live out the full possibilities of that faith. So the faith we have is good. Yet we are drawn to the table. We're drawn to the table. Now the table is featured in the last words of Luke 17 today that we heard. Jesus talked about servanthood and not seeking brownie points as a humble servant of God. We do our duty as disciples of love. But on World Communion Sunday, when we see the pains of the world and we know the cry for increased faith, let us remember that in Luke 22, Jesus said at a real table, that of the Last Supper, for who is greater, the one who is at table or the one who serves? Reference to our passage today, right? For who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? But I am among you as one who serves. We are going to join him at his table imminently. Christ is Lord, yet sits among us as one who serves. He is with us in our waiting our own attempts to nurture and strengthen our faith and service reminds us that we do have faith. Don't leave early or ever. God is not done, and we are never alone. And that's the good news. Amen. There was so much more I could have said such great passages, different ways to go, elaborations on some of the things I did say, but I did try to keep it concise because it's a communion Sunday, and uh, as it is, the whole service lasted just one hour. And on a communion Sunday, that's good, but one of the ways I help that, for those who do kind of feel that service should be an hour, uh, is to shorten the sermon to a homily. I hope you found this message helpful, meaningful, inspiring, helping you to endure when things are tough and when the world around us just keeps asking us questions and maybe even in some ways and in some peop- through some people mocking our faith. But God is not mocked and we belong to God, so... The victory will in the end belong to us and to those who cast their lot with Christ. So I hope you'll continue to tune in. Thank you for tuning in this time. And may God bless you, your loved ones, and may God bless your week. Amen. Like what you've heard? Hit subscribe to follow and get updates on our newest additions to the Red-Headed Preacher. 
We'd love it if you'd give us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us online under most social media platforms by typing St. Peter UCC Skokie in your browser. Donations are much needed and very welcomed. You can donate to us by going to paypal.me backslash St. Peter UCC Skokie. This information and more can also be found in the show notes wherever you listen to our podcast. Thank you so much.